when you try me with a mediocre question, that's the result you're going to get. <laughs> uh, starting left fielder. Uh, Ichiro. No! God, please, no! No! There is some potential there. If he would just, I don't know, use his brain. Um, <laughs> because, especially, I mean, come on, man. Jerry DePoto's the GM. Who the hell knows? Looking out my window and this FedEx driver just hit a tree. You are no gentleman. And neither are you. What is going on, guys? And welcome back to the Soto Mojo podcast. This is Colby Patnode. I'm joined, as always, by Ty Gonzalez. Ty, how are you doing today? Doing pretty well. How about yourself, Colby? Uh, I'm doing all right, man. I've been pretty busy the last uh, week and a half with some uh, some home repairs and things like that. And uh, you guys don't know me that well, but asking me to do home repairs is kind of like asking a, a a third grader to be a uh, to be a performance chef at. Uh, at Benihana's or something like that. It's, it's, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, I'm not very handy. So, uh, it's, it's been, uh, tiring last couple days, but, uh, you know, other than that, I'm doing okay. So yeah. can't complain too much. Um, I mean, I'm not going to complain like a lot of Mariner fans are, but, uh, <laughs> anyways, uh, on today's show, we are going to talk about the Evan, the Evan White, <laughs> sorry, uh, the, uh, Edwin Encarnacion trade, um, what it means for the Mariners, what do we make of these reports that they um, reportedly turned down, quote, more talent um, just to save uh, $8 million, whether or not that's relevant or we think it's true or any of that stuff. We'll talk about all that stuff. Um, and if we have time at the end, we'll talk a little bit about prospects and uh, in particular two of the top uh Five, I want to say. I, I think they're two of the top five in MLB Pipeline's latest re-rank. Um, uh, yeah, the Mariners actually have six in Pipeline. Yes, they have six, uh, but I believe uh, Sheffield's four and Evan White is five, and those are two guys yeah. uh, we're going to talk about. So uh, if we have time, we'll see. Um, so let's just dive right in here. Let's talk about the Edwin Encarnacion trade. Uh, this happened on, what, Friday? Uh Saturday. Anyways, and of course it happened while I was out. <laughs> that, that's the key, guys. That's the key. Um, yeah. So, so uh, anyways, I was actually not out of town when they made the trade, which is unusual. But I was, I was working on the house, so I didn't really have access to the computer at the time. But, yeah. uh, anyways, um, you guys probably know the deal by now. Edwin Encarnacion to the New York Yankees, and with about it sounds like i don't think this has been officially confirmed by anybody but it sounds like about eight million dollars give or take um headed mm -hmm. to the yankees um and the mariners get a 19 year old pitcher uh named juan juan then who uh if you guys are prospect uh savvy uh listeners you might remember that juan then was a part of the mariners organization he was traded to the yankees uh for nick rumbelow a few years back which Boy, did that not work out, but uh, <laughs> he's back, and that's the return. So I guess, Ty, let's see, where do you want to start? You want to start with the return? You want to start with the – there's a lot, of, a lot of layers to this trade. Where would you like to start? Um, I think, you know, because I wrote the article when, when the trade happened and everything, and, I, uh, and as I mentioned in that article, this is the Mariners finally tying up the loose end that was the Gene Segura trade. And I think this is how that deal should be looked at. It shouldn't be really. I don't view it as Edwin Encarnacion for one thing. I look at it as Gene Segura, James Pazos, and Juan Nicasio turned into J.P. Crawford, uh, Isaiah Campbell, and, and uh, Juan Thin. Um, and when I look at it like that, I feel pretty content that's a that's a solid package for Segura, and then everything else i i really um i'm not too focused on at this point what happens happen um and i guess we can you know we can dive a little into um you know what the mariners had been potentially offered by the rockies and the astros but i think uh, overall they got a, a solid enough prospect back in in uh return for encarnacion and also didn't have to pay a whole lot of his remaining salary, so they do get a bit of a uh, bit of that money back, and I believe they save something of 
like $44 million in total from this whole thread of the Segura deal. So that's that's a pretty big win for them. Sure is. Um, yeah, you know, I know a lot of people, uh, we talked about this. Uh, you wrote about it. I've talked about it with people on Twitter. Um, you know, this idea that Edwin Encarnacion was going to be a uh, a major trade asset it just it wasn't true. I mean, what more could it, what more could Encarnacion have done to raise his value? Um, mm. Nothing. He was playing a good first base. He was showing that that's still an option. He was leading the American League in home runs. There was really nothing he was going to do that was going to increase his value anymore. And this is what you still got. You got um, a prospect who I believe pipeline put sixteenth um, in the Mariners farm system before they've added all the draft picks and things like that. Uh, I know you said you just recently finished your prospect list, and I'm still putting the finishing touches on mine. Uh, but I think he came in with, after all the draft picks that I had ranked ahead of him, um, I think he came in like 22-ish for me. Mm. He's um, at 19 for me. Yeah, so you know he's borderline <clears throat> top 20 prospect, um, in our opinions. Uh, Pipeline has him at 16. Uh that's about what you were going to get for Encarnacion. Um, I just I don't know why people were shocked by that. This is a 36-year-old who really is just a DH who has three months of club control remaining um, and a pretty high salary, and there's just not going to be a big market for that guy. Um, yeah. I mean, so they get Juan Then, who let's talk about him real fast before we uh, look bigger picture here. Uh, Juan Thin's 19 years old. He is, I think, six foot 160. Uh, he's a wiry guy. Uh, fastball 92 to 94. He's touched 96. Uh, pretty good command of that pitch. Uh, the changeup is advanced for his age. It's probably going to end up being a plus pitch as well. Uh, it throws it with good arm action. It has uh, fade and sink. Um, and the uh, the curveball is the question mark here. It Right now, it's graded out as about average. Um, but there's a chance it could be above average. And if so, that's three above average pitches with average or better command. Um, that's a number four, number five starter. So, uh, you know, one thing is not exciting. He's also not going to be in the big leagues for, you know, three years, maybe four-ish. So I understand why people are underwhelmed by that, but at the end of the day, that's still a solid prospect. Um, well, there's a lot of upside there. Um, yeah. You got to think that you know the velocity right now is at 94 to 96. You got to think that that's probably going to go up as he fills out a bit more. Um, really, uh, you know, with a 19 year old pitcher that's already uh, that already has. Um, three pitches that are really working for him and he's and he's using all three effectively right now and as those continue to develop as he continues to physically develop um one thing could uh definitely has a chance to transcend um you know any projections that are that are placed on him right now it's um there's still a lot of time and that's that's a piece that can definitely develop into something a lot more than you thought it was yeah, um, you know, Juan Then kind of reminds me a bit um, when you know of Edwin Diaz when Diaz was his age. Um, you guys don't remember Diaz came up as a starter, and as a starter he was ninety two to ninety three. The slider was okay, the changeup wasn't really good at all, um, and he was in Double A and he was still starting. And the Mariners transitioned him to the bullpen. Um, they put him in the bullpen. And they sped up his delivery. They added a little bit more violent leg kick than he was using as a starter. And then the 93-94 as a starter goes up 96 to 100, and the slider got better. Um, so, and like I said, Diaz is 6'3", like 170. Uh, so he's a little bit taller, but by no means larger, like heavier uh, than Thin. So I, I think there's a decent chance that you're going to end up putting Thin in the bullpen and he's going to come out throwing 96 to 98 uh, with two average or better uh, off-speed pitches. <coughs> and he's a guy who throws strikes. So 
I, I think you got a major league piece here down the road. Obviously, at 19, you can't really tell. You know, anything can happen to a 19-year-old. Um, but I think they got a future big leaguer for two months of or three months of Encarnacion. Uh, yeah, I just I don't I, I don't see how that's a bad thing. Yeah, and also think about this that um, Edwin Encarnacion playing first base this year and, and playing it at uh, he he doubled his numbers from last year in terms of starts at first base already uh, through the first you know two and a half months of the season you know or a little less than that uh, and that opened up the doors for for the Yankees to uh, actually consider adding him to their team. If, if Encarnacion had strictly been a DH and was limited to that and, and the Yankees were not able to see him play rather effectively at the position, um, they probably weren't going to get, you know, to go into these discussions uh, with Giancarlo Stanton coming back yesterday. Uh, he's going to be their primary DH. Uh, and you know, they obviously have Luke Voigt at, at first base, but you know, there's some thought that maybe he could play a corner outfield position once judge gets back. Um, so really that opened up, um, the doorway for, for this to happen. And the Yankees are eating most of the money or at least half of it, I believe. Right. Uh, it seems to be the report is, is it's going to be either exactly or just below half. Um, so mm-hmm. yeah, and so that's um, you know you you weren't gonna get uh, get that from anywhere else as as we've learned here with this with uh, these rumors about the the Rockies and the Astros. So maybe do you want to get a little bit into that? Yeah. Um, so if you guys don't know, uh, after the trade was made, of course, anytime the Mariners make a move, uh, people assume it's bad because. You know, Jerry DePoto is an idiot, I guess. Um, do you know the only good trade he's ever made was that Edwin Diaz and Robinson Cano trade? The only one. Um, at least according to Twitter the last few days. But, uh, yeah, the, the reports are... I, I don't remember who came up with that. Was it Rosenthal, maybe? Um, there was a report that came out uh, late the night, the late later that night when the trade was completed, that uh, the Mariners... Uh, I I don't have the exact tweet in front of me, but basically the to paraphrase it was the Mariners could have gotten more talent uh, from if they uh, ate more money, but they decided the savings was more valuable than the uh, than the prospect or whatever that they would have gotten back. Um, so that was an int- interesting comment to me. And I think a lot of people took that as the Mariners ownership is just being cheap and they want, they're just trying to save as much money as they can. They don't care about winning, um, which is a hot load of BS. But uh, I I think it's important that we distinguish something here. Um, You know, that's a very vague statement here. What does more talent mean? Does Mm -hmm. that mean you're getting another, uh, another one then? doesn't mean that you're getting, you know, that 27-year-old double-A reliever. Like, what does more talent mean? Um, And, yeah, it's just important to remember, guys, more doesn't equal better. Are you willing to – would you be willing to uh, buy that, you know, mystery player for $8 million? Well, if it's a really good prospect, yeah. What if it's just another guy? You know what I mean? It's just – this idea that money that the player is always more valuable than the money. It's just, it's not true. And just to jump to these wild conclusions here that, Oh, well, you know, they could have gotten, they could have gotten this guy from the rock. You don't know that Jason Churchill, a uh, friend of the podcast, you guys, by the way, should uh, subscribe to the baseball things podcast. Um, he tweeted at us uh, later that night and he was told that there were only two other teams interested and one team was only interested if the Mariners ate every single cent of the Encarnacion deal, and then they would off they would have given the Mariners two uh, Juan then type of prospects. Yeah, and people are upset that they didn't take that deal. Why? Yeah, and that and that's the thing is <coughs> the the no one knows how the market is going to dictate. 
uh, the value of each individual player. It's just that that's what teams value right now, and that's the 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 uh, dollar uh, or the price that they that they put on them. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, you can't change that, and the Mariners just weren't going to hold on to Encarnacion for any longer. Um, it was time, and his value was not going to change. Uh, over the next six weeks, you know, maybe a, maybe a team's first baseman gets hurt and there would have been interest there, but still the the value was what the value always was. And, you know, and also you run the risk that if Encarnacion com- continues to play for you, he hits a really awful slump. He gets hurt. Uh, and then you're stuck with him. So I mean, at 36 years old, the guy already was, he missed three consecutive days with back spasms. 36 years old what if that's a what's it what if that's an il stint you know um yeah. then his value decreases so just i i don't know man i don't know what you want the mariners to do um and then was it nightingale comes out and said the mariners are the marlins of the west <laughs> can we just address for a minute how stupid bob nightingale is the dude is an absolute moron he never. He doesn't know any. He he said that Encarnacion was still due thirty million dollars. So, all right. So essentially, that is saying that Edwin Encarnacion and Jay Bruce are the same level of talent as Christian Yelich and Marcelo Zuna and John Carlos Stanton. The guy is an absolute moron. Encarnacion still due thirty million dollars, and the Mariners are going to eat all of that. Well, about two minutes later, we have a report. Well, the Mariners are going to eat about half. And by the way, Bob, basic math would tell you that <sighs> including the buyout, the, the Encarnacion's do about $17 million. But, you know, you know what they say, a million dollars here, a million dollars there, $13 million. Not that big of a deal, especially if you're going to try and bash the team by comparing them to the Florida freaking Marlins, who actually had a good team. They were right on the edge, and instead of spending money – to compliment Osuna and Yelich and Real Muto and Stanton, they just fire. They, yeah, you know, we're going to get rid of them. We're going to start over. We're going to go all the way back to square one. When we were right there, we were right on the edge. We probably could have added a starting pitcher and been right there. But no, we're going to take a step back because that's exactly what the Mariners are doing, right? They're just trading all those big dollar guys to get them off their books because they're going to be so freaking cheap. Because that's what this ownership does. They're so cheap. Even though last year they spent $180 million. This year they entered the season with a $165 million payroll. Those cheap bastards. All they care about is their money. They don't care about winning. Well, you know what, guys? If all they cared about was money, they wouldn't have sold Robinson Cano. They wouldn't have traded these guys. They would have gone in, told Jerry, hey, do what you do. Keep us relevant. We're going to keep the attendance up. We're going to try and capitalize on an 89-win season. We're not going to give you the money to go sign Patrick Corbin. But, you know, go go out and try and, I don't know, maybe maybe uh, Lance Lynn works out for you. You know, maybe we can maybe we, maybe we can give you the money for Lance Lynn. But in all reality, go find us another Ryan Healy. Go throw together some BS package of mediocre prospects to get us a fourth outfielder. And so that way we can tell fans we're trying. And it's just this idea. This, this, it's just absolute BS that this ownership group, all they care about is money. All they want to do is make a dollar. That's not true. It's not true. Where, what in their actions have told you that? They traded two expensive players, and they ate a lot of money to do it. Yeah, that's baseball. I, yeah. I, don't, I don't understand this idea that the Mariners are just, they're, oh, they're just perpetually always going to be bad. DePoto's an idiot. He didn't get the one prospect I wanted, that top 100 guy for Edwin freaking Encarnacion. He needs to be fired. You know, I, uh, John Stanton, all he cares about is money. He doesn't care about winning. Then why is he rebuilding? You don't rebuild when your primary focus is money. That's not how that works. And if it was, Kyle Seeger and D. Gordon, they'd already be off this team. I, I just, they wouldn't have. I just I don't understand. There's just so much disconnect between this fan base and what is relevant. And I just I don't understand where people's heads are at with this. I just I don't get it. Here's how I view the compensation of the Edwin and Carnacion trade. And 
this is how it should be viewed on from a consensus basis. If this was 2005, Edwin Encarnacion would have gotten you that top 100 prospect, probably. But teams are smarter now. You know, there's not... No one's selling their farm for a guy that hits stingers and doesn't give you a whole lot of defensive flexibility. You can put about anyone at first base. It's not that important of a position in today's game. It's just not. And home runs are nice, but, I mean, Cattell Marte has almost 20 home runs this year. It's just not as valuable anymore. Just easier to find. Yeah. And, you know, Encarnacion's a solid hitter. It's not like he just hits stingers. He gets on base, and that's fine, but he doesn't give you any value on the base pass. And... There weren't a whole lot of teams that were going to be in the market for him. Even with the added value of him being able to play for a space still at the age of 36. Other than that, or despite that, not a whole lot of teams were waiting in line to trade their best young talent for a first baseman they'll have for three months. Who's 36, by the way, and is also owed still... 15 million or something like that. So realistically, this is the best you could do, you could do. Perhaps you may have done better in terms of getting quantity over quality or maybe you get the Astros 20th ranked prospect instead of the Yankees 27th ranked prospect by pipeline, but those terms are all relative. Uh, prospect, you know, prospect rankings. Colby and I have said this many times. The difference between your like twentieth prospect and your fiftieth best prospect is very small, and that's that's not the the value was in getting as much money off as possible, and some of that will go back into into payroll and some of that won't that's just how baseball works and it, it was a move that was best for the organization it was a move that was going to happen one way or another and you needed to do it now because a team was willing to give you something that you found of worth and you didn't want to run the risk of him getting hurt yep I just I don't know, Mariners fans, it's a very simple question. Do you want to win 81 games every single year and just kind of be relevant, but not really? Never never picking high enough to, you know, never picking high enough to get stars and never trading those really good players when you have them to reload the farm system. Did you want to do that or did you want to take a chance and try to win a World Series? Because if you tell me the next decade, the Mariner, I could either have the Mariners at their current rebuild I could have the Mariners on the track they're on right now for the next decade. Or I can have a team that's guaranteed to win between 81 and 85 games every single year for the next decade. Screw that. I'm taking the rebuild. I'm taking what they're doing right now. I'll take that chance. It's not close. How many playoff appearances is a World Series title worth? Five, ten? I mean, I... You're not making the playoffs. You weren't making the playoffs with the team they had last year. You weren't making the playoffs with the team they had this year. And what? You're upset that they're trading the guys who failed to get you to the playoffs? Robinson Cano failed. Nelson Cruz failed. Kyle Seeger failed. Felix Hernandez failed. They all failed. All right. At the end of the day, they failed. Does that mean that their contracts were failures? No. Were the players themselves failures? No. Their performance was fine. But the teams of the last 18 years have failed. Period. End of discussion. They failed. They did not achieve their goal. And that's the end of it. And when the Mariners are trying to make changes to that team, people throw a fit. Why? Why? Last year they won 89 games. In July, August, September, did they feel like an 89-win team? Or did they feel a lot like the team you're watching now? I just It's beyond me that anybody is sitting here this idea, oh, well, we didn't get anything for him. If all you care about are the 2019 Mariners, stop watching. 
just stop. You're driving yourself nuts. And if you're listening to this podcast, you probably get that. You have to, you guys are searching out this podcast and finding it. You probably understand that this is not about this year's Mariners. Does it suck that on a night night in night out basis you never know if you're going to get blown out? Yeah. That sucks, but it's not about that. What do you care? If they won 85 games this year and didn't make the playoffs, would you be significantly happier? If your answer is yes, then what are you doing? Yeah. You don't care. I, yeah, I think a great example to use in terms of this season is much like Felix Hernandez's contract this year is a sunk cost, this is a sunk season. You were not going to compete no matter who you had. You know, you had these financial burdens on you that you had to escape out from. You think so? You're telling me right now that you would rather have Robinson Cano on this team, seeing all the problems that are going on in New York right now. You're telling me that you would rather have Edwin Diaz, who has greatly uh, regressed and is still solid. Don't get me wrong, but he's regressed because he was immaculate last year. Yeah. Yeah. Just just insane last year. And that was going to happen. <clears throat> you think that the Mariners would be better off right now with Alex Colomay or Mike Zanino? The only player that they really shipped off this year that's been above average is Gene Segura. But Gene Segura was one of the worst uh, people in your locker room. No one liked him. <laughs> D. Yeah. Gordon, who's like one of the nicest guys in the entire league, got into a fist fight with him. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, like, so, so, like, I, I don't really see how last year's, the same players from last year's team mixed in with Lance Lynn or, um, I don't know, some other, you know, as Dribble Cabrera, you know, uh, Lonnie Chisenhall, the guys that I mentioned that I was kind of, yeah, AJ Pollock, who's still hurt, right? Again, yeah. (laughs) So I don't see how that team would be any better than this team. I still, when you hold up, like, oh, well, and James Paxson is the other uh, the other name that succeeded, and he's been great for the Yankees, and that deal hasn't or looked so hot. Weeks. Yeah. But, but Paxson's, you know, that... two year... Paxson's two years away from free agency. This year and next year. Yeah. yeah. Did you think the Mariners so, are going to win the World Series in either of those two years? So, there, there you have it. So, um, even, even with those two, and what those two have done, adding them to this mix... And when you when you really compare this year's team to last year's team, some of the numbers favor this year's team. Offense, especially, and it's there. I mean, and you know the bullpen has killed the Mariners. The bullpens have been killing a lot of good teams this year. Look at the Braves. The Braves are awesome, but their bullpen is ranked twenty fourth in F four right now. So. I mean, like, what do you want me to say here? It, it, this wasn't this wasn't going to to go the way that you think. If you're upset that they're about the trades that they made this off season, and about the trades that they're making now, because Edwin Encarnacion wasn't going to be a Mariner next year. He wasn't going to re-sign. And at 37 years old, you're really going to give a multi-year contract to him because you're not win in the World Series next year either. It's just sometimes it, the, the timing doesn't line up right for a team. It's like the NBA lately. You think look at the look at the Western Conference. You think all you know teams like the Utah Jazz and and the uh and the Oklahoma City Thunder and the Minnesota Minnesota Timberwolves and all those teams that kind of you know sneak into the playoffs that they looked at the Golden State Warriors and thought, yeah, we can beat them. Oh. Yeah, no, and so I think yeah, there's a good parallel there, uh, just real fast, you know. And then Golden State goes into the finals, right? And now it sounds like they're going to be without two of their best players for the entire year next year. 
So now, if you're the Timberwolves or the Jazz or whatever, shouldn't you be doing everything you can to capitalize this season on that? Um, yeah. And but and if the same opportunity comes to the Mariners, you don't think they'll take it? Yeah. I mean, it's With not going to be the most ex- aggressive general manager in baseball, right. too. And by the way, a farm system that is exceptionally better than it was when he came here in one off season. Yeah. One draft, two drafts in one off season, and the Mariners have the 14th best farm system in baseball, the 12th, somewhere in that range. Um, Bleacher Report had them at five, which is insane to me, but whatever. Um, <laughs> it's a good farm system. And now Jerry DePoto can go, any player that hits the trade block, Jerry DePoto can have a discussion about that player and not be laughed out of the room. Yeah. If Noah Syndergaard goes on the trade block, DePoto could afford him. Would it be smart yeah. for him to trade for him? No, probably not. But, but does he have the ammo to get it done? Yeah. And look, Kyle Lewis, Nick Neidert, those guys, they weren't getting you anything like that on the market. Tyler O'Neill, they just weren't, that wasn't going to happen. You weren't in that discussion. How many times in the past three years has somebody gone, well, that'd be cool for the Mariners to get, and you just go, there's no way. They just, yeah. it's, it's not possible for them to land that player. Because I think I've thought that about the last, every year until this year. Even last yeah. year when they were, they were in it, and you know, we're looking at additions, we're like, well, it'd be really cool if they could go you know, trade for this guy, but they can't. There's nothing they can do about it. Um, yeah. So, I mean, and if they could, you're talking about trading a guy like Evan White for two months of a starting pitcher. Like, that's how bad their farm system was. Yeah. I'll tell you right now, like, <laughs> the Mariners last year, if they had this farm system, Mariners make the playoffs. Oh, easy. Easy. Jerry would have traded whatever he needed to to get that done. I just, I, I don't know. Hell, they may have won the division. I mean, yeah, there was a time. They were, I think like, July 1st, they were in first place, I think. They were pretty close to it. Because, um, so, yeah. I mean, you you got you to gotta think there that, you know, with, with this farm system, there would have been a, they, they could have had anyone. And they still can now. And that's that's just it's it makes a world's difference. And even like you know talking about if they were to make a deal like this, even if they traded three of their top ten, that's not bad. Still that doesn't really. There's still a pretty good farm system at that point. Right. They, they still were... have because guys like Braden Bishop, Isaiah Campbell, you know Kyle Lewis. Uh, Sam Carlson, Noel V. Marte, those guys would then sneak into the top ten. Right. And it just, the Mariners are in really good shape. They can, uh, you know, obviously not on the field this year, but the Mariners are in good shape right now. They have a young uh-huh. shortstop. They have a young second baseman. They have their DH or first baseman in Vogelback. They have two really good catchers who are in, have a lot of club control. Um, Domingo Santana, we'll see if he's around. Um, but he pretty much looks like the 2017 Santana. He's going to hit 30-ish home runs. He's going to have close to 100 RBI. He's probably going to steal 12 to 15 bases. And, you know, he's a bad defender. So, I mean, that's pretty much 2017 Santana. Mitch Haniger was having a, quote, terrible year, and he still would be on pace to have a five, uh, four or five win season if he hadn't had his uh, unspeakable injury. So, yeah. I mean, the Mariners are in good shape. By the way, Kikuchi, while he hasn't been great, um, I think you've seen enough from him to know that it's there. It's just a matter of finding it uh, consistently. You know, Marco had his rough month early this year, and he's been pitching better as of late. You, know, you just start looking around. Justin Dunn, Justice Sheffield, uh, Logan Gilbert, LJ Newsome, now George Kirby. You start looking around here, and there's legit. Re- there's a legitimate reason for optimism if you're willing to look past 2019 and I know a lot of people aren't and uh, that's a real shame. Honestly, I gotta say that's, that's a shame for you guys because the rest of us who are living in 2020 and 2021 and thinking about all the possibilities that now exist for
for those teams, uh, we're having a lot of fun. So, um, you know, if you want to go ahead and send me your, oh, the Mariners are terrible, they suck, they go ahead and send it, man. But I hope you have a plan. What's your plan for that to stop? What's the plan? Because you know what? Jerry DePoto and the Mariners front office, they have a plan. You just you just want to complain without a plan? Then leave me alone. I don't. What is your plan that is better than what the Mariners are doing? You don't have one. Let's be honest. You do not have that plan. So I don't know what you want them to do. I really don't. You want them to keep these guys finishing last place, get nothing for them? So that what? Instead of 70 wins, they have 72, 73. Really? That's going to make you feel a whole lot better? Get out of here, man. It's just, it's pathetic. It really is. There are some Mariners fans who are absolutely pathetic, and all they want in the world is to tell people, I told you the Mariners suck. That's it. That's all they want. They're not interested in winning. They're not interested in building. They're not interested in being anything other than, I told you so, that guy. Screw you. If you're that guy, screw you. I don't want you listening to the podcast. Don't read our stuff. Get out of here. You want to question the Mariners, question whether or not it's a good deal, whatever. That's fine. That is totally fine. But I just hope that you arrive. I just hope that you had to work a little bit to reach your opinion. Um, Otherwise, you're fire Jerry DePoto without a reason why. It's just worthless. It's absolutely worthless. You bring nothing to the table. So go away. You're not smart because you're telling people the Mariners aren't good. Yeah, no kidding. We all know. What are you going to do to fix it? What would you do to fix it? Probably nothing. So what are you going to do? Um, so, yeah, that's the Edwin Encarnacion trade. Uh, like I said, there was a lot to digest there. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm guessing it won't be the last trade um, where we're having a similar type of discussion. You know, um, so we'll see how all that plays out. All right. Um, so let's talk a little bit about some of the, the happenings on the farm system right now. Um, two players in particular we want to talk about. Um, Ty, you want to start positive or negative? Let's get the negatives out of the way. All right. Let's talk Justice Sheffield. Um, you guys know Justice Sheffield was the big piece that came over in the uh, James Paxson trade. Uh, just really struggled in Tacoma this year. Uh, he was demoted a few days ago to double A. Um, and, uh, you know, of course, Mariner fans have to panic about that for a little while um, because their, you know, 23 year old left handed pitcher is struggling. But, uh, anyways, he was demoted to double A. Um, he actually, he actually made his first uh, his first start in Double A last night, I think it was. Yep. And uh, he threw the ball well. So, uh, but anyways, Ty, uh, Justice Sheffield gets demoted. Um, what's your what's your concern level with him? Um, what he's going through right now is fixable. It's uh, I don't I it really doesn't concern me a whole lot. Um, it's just it's command uh, control. Um, you know he's he's not locating uh, his pitches well, and even when he's in the strike zone, he's not you know hitting his target. It's uh, it's been a poor balance for him uh, lately on that front. But you know sending him down to Double A, it's not really uh, it's not to be looked. At. It shouldn't be looked at as like a slap on the wrist or anything like that, or really a cause for concern. It's just a way to get him. Uh, into a new situation and, and allow him to work on things and um, and that's really as simple as it gets. Uh, he'll he'll figure things out, but you know now you you look at his timeline and you think you know maybe we won't see him again this year and that and that's okay because he needs to just work on himself right now and not worry about getting to the big leagues and and uh reaching his potential he just needs to he just needs to take a step back here and and refocus and get things under control because really it's it's just as simple as his command it's not his stuff the stuff is there and that's what you that's what would typically cause concern is if the stuff has demented quality in it right 
Uh, yeah, you know, like I said, Sheffield's 23. Uh, he just turned 23 in May. Uh, he's still a young guy. He's athletic. Uh, he works hard. He's got good stuff. Um, like I said, right now his mechanics are out of whack. Uh, he's not throwing strikes. Um, these things happen, you know, uh, especially to 23-year-old pitchers. So uh, I don't think it's that big of a concern, to be honest with you. Um, I would say, though, if you're uh, the Mariners, um, there's really no reason to call him back up um, to Seattle, certainly. There might not be a reason to send, bring him back up to uh, AAA even, um, just because it's not about production with Sheffield. Maybe psychologically he can gain a little bit by facing these guys, but uh, you know, for a pitcher, there's really not that big of a difference between facing double A hitters and triple A triple A hitters. Um, you know, in fact, some people think double A pitching in double A is harder uh, than pitching in triple A. Um, so it's not it's not about numbers for him. It's about just seeing him get comfortable, go back to throwing strikes. Uh, refining his pitches and all that stuff. Um, and last night was a pretty good start. You know, he went five innings. Uh, he struck out seven. He walked two, uh, gave up four hits. So he was pretty good last night. Um, you know, the command was better. Uh, and like I said, there's just some things that he has to tweak, maybe a few things he has to change. Um, and there's just no reason to really uh, – question him i i i moved him down in our in my prospect ranks i'm assuming you did the same yep yeah um for me though and i know a lot of people read into that but uh, for me that has almost nothing to do with sheffield and it just has a lot to do with the other guys who have just you know forced their way ahead of him (laughs) you know so um if the if the guys who i had ranked behind him in the preseason uh, you know, hadn't done anything to change my mind, Justin Sheffield would still be number one, and I'd still be comfortable with that. Um, he's a good prospect, guys. He's going to be a number three starter. Um, at worst, he's a multi-inning, high-leverage reliever, uh, Josh Hader type. Um, I just I don't see any reason for concern, to be honest. Um, you know, I, I maybe he gets called back, called up in September, gets a cup of coffee, works out of the bullpen something like that but at the end of the day i don't see any reason to be super concerned about sheffield right now um if the stuff starts to deteriorate then we'll have a conversation but for now this just seems to be more about clearing his head getting him down to i guess a little less pressure and just see what he can do uh because you you still need you still need him he's going to be a, a big part of your future so um all right so uh, let's let's move on to the positives here, um, as we actually have uh, two questions now. Uh, so we will get to those after we talk about maybe the hottest player in all of minor league baseball, Evan White. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So if you guys don't know, Evan White is uh, well, he's a first baseman. I'm assuming you guys, if you guys are listening to this podcast, I hope you know who Evan White is. Um, but. It's a first-round pick from 2017 draft. He's uh, 23 years old, uh, will be for the rest of the season. And uh, he is on, I believe it's an 18-game hitting streak now, uh, or 17 games, something like that. Uh, uh-huh. And he okay. is, huh? He is uh, it is 18 he, now. 18, okay. He is destroying the will of pitchers. Um, so... Uh, this guy is just absolutely crushing it. He got off to a really slow start. He was also had a thigh injury, I believe it was, that caused him to miss a couple weeks in April. Um, but he has just been destroying the Texas League. Uh, right now, he's hitting 291, 360 with a 475 slugging percentage. Um, eight home runs, and five of those have come in his last 10 games. Uh, so, Ty, I mean... We saw Evan White really take off at the end of last year. Uh, I believe his August was he had a slugging percentage of like 700 um, in that time. So what do you think? Is this a hot streak or, I mean, just what do you think of Evan White? I think it's, uh, he's, he's finally gotten into the swing of things for this year. You know, he got, he, <clears throat> you know, he got injured early on and, <clears throat> excuse me. And, uh, you know, spent 
quite a deal of time recovering from that and working his way back and you know and and, and that happens when you deal with an early season injury you're going to struggle when you come back and so i think that was what you saw yeah i think that's what you saw here and uh and now he's just he's continuing he's picking up where he left off from last year uh and you know really the 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 thing that impresses me the most is the over the wall power. That's been one of the biggest concerns about White. We knew that he had really solid gap to gap power, but to actually be able to hit home runs and do that on a relatively consistent uh, consistent basis adds just another level to his game, and and I think that's going to uh, pay dividends for him in the long run here. So that's that's really exciting, uh, and. Um, yeah, I hope it continues. He's he's been really fun to keep an eye on. Sure has. Um, it's you know the thing about Evan White is is that the Mariners have told anybody who will listen that exit velocity wise, Evan White's the best hitter in the minor leagues or one of them. Um, nobody makes harder contact more consistently than White. Um, the issue was is that White was hitting a lot of uh, line drives and ground balls. Uh, that might be good for Malik Smith. It's not good for your first baseman. Uh, you really need to lift the ball. Uh, if you're going to be a first baseman, you need to have some kind of power um, source there. Uh, you know, I know a lot of people are still concerned about the power. I think we're all accepting of the idea that Evan White is going to hit. Um, he's probably going to hit, you know, 270 ish. He's probably going to get on base at a 340 clip. It's just a matter of how many doubles and home runs is he going to hit. Um, we know the, we know the, uh, defense is fantastic. It's arguably the best, uh, the arguably the best, uh, defensive grade in all of the minor leagues. Um, and we know that he can run, uh, he's, you know, 60, 65 grade runner. Um, he's, he's a really unique guy, 6'3", 205, and he's an athlete. Um, you know, he could handle center field pretty well. Um, and he's a first baseman. So that's that's the kind of athlete we're talking about here. Um, you know, I know it's it's funny. Um, we mentioned him earlier. Jason Churchill released his top forty update, and he has Evan White all the way down at fourteen. Um, yeah, I'm sorry, Jason. That's insane. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> um, and admittedly, I like Evan White a lot more uh, than a lot of people. I I do think the power is going to come. I think especially in this era of baseball, he's going to hit 25 home runs with 35 doubles. Um, I don't think that's going to be that big of a stretch for him. And I do put value on the first base defense. Uh, would it, I mean, is it as valuable as, you know, left field defense? No, of course not. Um, but remember, uh, an elite first baseman makes the entire infield better. Uh, and Evan White is an elite defensive first baseman. I don't have any issue with him sticking at first. I know a lot of people, well, if you put him in left, the power isn't as important. I don't really care about his power, to be honest. I think it's going to be fine. Um, I think he's going to have league average power at the position. I think he's going to be a gold glove winner. I think he's going to be an above average on base guy at the spot. So what do I really care if the power is not his best tool? Um, So yeah, Evan White absolutely destroying the baseball right now. I, I would not expect to see him um i don't know if he ever even gets up to triple a uh maybe if he continues to hit like this for another couple weeks and just proves to be just too much for the texas league maybe but i don't really see a need to rush him up um really at all i just i think you know you keep him down there where he's comfortable if he plays the whole year in double a He's still right on track, and he has an opportunity then to make the big league team, what, coming out of spring training next year as a 23-year-old? I mean, I'm, I'm fine with that. Evan White's on a perfectly legitimate timeline. Um, so we'll see if he does get called up to AAA at some point. I think he'll probably stay in the Texas League all year, but I don't know for sure. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I, I would assume that he'll get... <laughs> the call up to Blanchard. Um I think he's just so advanced defensively and if he you know, obviously the the hitting streak is going to end, but I think if he is consistently hitting uh and hitting for power, 
uh, over the next few weeks, uh, they won't have a you know, uh, they won't have a say really. They'll just have to give him that promotion. Yeah, we'll see how it all works out. But uh, for now, Evan White, um, perhaps the hottest hitter in all of minor league baseball. So uh, see how long he can uh, he can keep it going. So more positives from the Mariners farm system. <clears throat> all right. So let's wrap up this podcast with a couple of questions. Um, let's let's stick with the prospect team here. Um, we have a question here from the King of Swing sixty nine on Twitter. <laughs> nice. Uh, if he wasn't a Ducks fan, that would be a lot more funny. Um, but anyways, uh, <laughs> he wants to know between Evan White, Justin Dunn, Kyle Lewis, and uh, Justice Sheffield, who makes the soonest impact i'm gonna assume he means big league impact um, um, who were the options again evan white justin dunn kyle lewis and justice sheffield okay um i'm gonna say it's evan white i think he's the most advanced right now and you know justice sheffield still really needs to work on some things and i think evan white right now has got the hot hand so i'm gonna play the hot hand um. Yeah, I'm gonna go with. I'll go with Justin Dunn. Um, really? Okay. Yeah, uh, been a fan of Dunn now for a while. Uh, I think there's a decent chance that he could end up being a, like a number two starter, uh, probably number three. Um, but if the Mariners were in a pennant race right now, uh, Dunn would be in your bullpen. Uh, He's he's got that stuff that pedigree. Um, I just I really like Justin Dunn. I think he's I think he's more likely to get to the big leagues uh, in the next six months of play of you know six months of the season. So uh, the last three months this year and the first three months of next year, I think he's more likely to get to the big leagues than Evan White. And I think once he gets there it's going to be pretty permanent. I, I like the stuff. I like the, the strike throwing. I think he's, I think, uh, I think he's really close. So I I'll go done, but if I had to rank them, I would go done and white kind of as the one, two, and then Sheffield and Lewis. Um, I just, I don't know what to expect from Kyle Lewis anymore. It's, I mean, he's running out of time. So, uh, yeah. Thanks for the question there. Um, now let's move on to a question from uh, at Seattle underscore oh um, nine. Really good, uh, really good uh, Twitter follow. You guys should follow him. Um, he wants to know. Interesting question here, and I'm going to put you on the spot with this. Uh, which right. two teams? <laughs> oh, this is funny. Uh, which two teams do we do a three team deal with at the deadline? So uh, the Tigers and the Rays. Tigers and the Rays. Okay. Okay. Um, I was going to say Tigers Yankees. So why don't you go ahead? Uh, which, what's the, uh, at least the idea of your three team deal? Like the, it's the, it's the Davis, it's the David price trade, but with Matt Boyd done. So (laughs) who's the Austin Jackson that the Mariners are getting? Uh, Jacoby Jones. (laughs) I don't know. Okay. <laughs> I haven't right. thought this all the way through. I just uh, you asked me for two teams. I didn't know we were going that in depth. Oh, okay. So uh, I'll go with the uh, I'll go with the Marlins and the Blue Jays. There you go. Um, no, uh, actually, I'm gonna go. I have thought about this. Uh, I'm gonna go Yankees and and the uh, Tigers. Uh, the Mariners or the Tigers are going to send Matt Boy to the Yankees. Uh, the Yankees are going to send Clint Frazier to the Mariners, and the Mariners and the Yankees obviously will send a buttload of prospects to uh, the Tigers. So um, it's a way for the Mariners to get Clint Frazier without, you know, actually, I mean, it takes care of that pesky. We don't really have a player that the Yankees would trade Clint Frazier for a problem. Um, if you guys well, don't this, know, what's that? 
today on sotomojo.com. Repeat that. You broke up a little bit. I said, will this be made into a trade today on sotomojo.com? There's there's a pretty good chance. Um, I don't know if it's going to be anytime soon, but yeah, I would say there's a pretty good chance that this will make its way. Um, I mean, I don't, man. I just, I really want Clint Frazier. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, He's like the perfect Mariner, man. He can hit pretty well. He's athletic. He can't play defense. I mean, that's. I sign me up. <laughs> so I mean, yeah, I don't know, man. I'm I'm a big fan of Clint Frazier, um, and clearly he's done with the Yankees, and the Yankees appear to be done with him. And if that's the case, I will happily take the Yankees' sloppy seconds because I think Frazier can be an All Star. And by the way, Clint Frazier's name nickname Red Thunder. <coughs> How do you not like that guy? I mean, come on. Yeah, yeah. And he can grow out his hair. We can start reforming the flow bros with Jake Fraley and Clint Frazier. It just it's a win 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 for everybody. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, Speaking of Jake Fraley, man, that guy needs a promotion to uh, to Seattle fast. Yeah, or the very Tacoma. I mean, uh, he's I significantly better than Williamson. That's for sure. Yeah. But I don't know. Like I said. I spent the first half of the podcast defending the Mariners, and now I'm like, well, you know, Mariners gonna Mariner. There's just, <laughs> I don't, I don't know what else Jake really has to do. Everyone has their love hate relationship and with the Mariners, and they deal with it in their own way. I suppose. Um, man, I don't know. I would love to see Jake Fraley up with the Mariners right now. Yep. I mean, the guy, 313, 384, 537, with 11 dingers and 16 steals and 21 attempts. Uh, also, by the way, 14 doubles. So, um, yeah, I don't I don't know what they're waiting for. Fraley's 24. He's, you know, he's right in line with where he should be. Um, I think he could, I think he could handle himself. Um I honestly I don't know what the what the holdup is there, so I mean I guess you just have to give those at bats to Mac Williamson. <laughs> God forbid you give them to somebody who you know worked their butt off in your organization for five years is actually producing at the AAA level. Nope, can't give those at bats away. We won't want to stumble onto a decent fourth outfielder or anything like that. Um, so. Anyways, you guys probably know who I'm talking about there. <laughs> um, <laughs> and if you don't, you probably don't follow us on Twitter, which you should do, at SotoMojoFS. Um, but anyways, I think that's going to put a wrap on this episode. Ty, you have anything you want to say before I uh, sign out? Uh, go Raptors, man. <laughs> that was uh, that was a pretty fun weekend uh, to have here in, here in Toronto. I, I, I didn't go to the parade, uh, thankfully, because there was a bit of an incident there. But that's a topic for another day. And, you know, just it feels like you can't go to anything without there being some sort of thing to be anxious about. But anyway, uh, you know, it's uh, <clears throat> it's been a fun fun time being around here, and it's pretty cool uh, seeing a parade happen in in your city. I, I unfortunately uh, had moved out of Washington by the time that uh, the Seahawks won the Super Bowl, so I. That was this week. Right on. So, um, I, I think that's I think that's a wrap, man. So, uh, thank you guys so much for listening to the Soto Mojo podcast. Uh, make sure you follow us on Twitter at Soto Mojo FS. We're also on Facebook. You can find us there. Um, subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss any new episodes. Um, we're available on I think every platform. We're available on iTunes and Google Play. Um, also Google Podcasts and Spreaker. Um, I should probably memorize this list. <laughs> but anyways, uh, find us wherever you guys get your podcasts. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any new episodes as well. And if you guys ever want to send us questions, comments, whatever for the podcast, feel free to do so. Um, best way to do it is by reaching out to us on Twitter at SotoMojoFS. 
Um, make sure you guys visit the website. We're right in the middle of our trade a day series. Um, right now, we're averaging more than one trade a day, uh, averaging slightly more than one trade a day. Um, I believe we've been doing this for eight days, and I think we have nine trade a day articles. Um, so we'll keep plugging along at those. Um, also, we will have a, a prospect re rank up sometime uh, relatively soon, so be on the lookout for that as well. Um, so yeah, make sure you guys visit the website sotomocho.com. Uh, from all from all of us here at uh, at Soto Mocho, uh, you know, thanks for listening, guys. Go Mariners, and uh, I will see you in another life. Peace. Peace.